and we're back on the hunt with season six episode 21 let it bleed i'm chris barrows and my name is dan cummins welcome back to the best supernatural podcast on the air if you're listening to this show hopefully you've been with us for all of season six chris this is the second to last episode of the season i can't believe it i'm happy that we are closing this door because soon we're going to be opening another door to purgatory. How about that transition? Uh, season seven, Chris, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I will be honest though. I have the same fear that I had when we started season six, which is that, you know, the quality might not be as good. The episodes aren't as memorable, but I said that at the beginning of season six, which I have come to completely uh, turn a 180. Uh, on so um i'm kind of sad to to cover this episode today chris because we're wrapping up a lot of storylines starting new ones of course but what are your thoughts on our journey so far before we get to next week's finale which obviously is going to be a long one chris and, and a good episode at that i will tease but like so far what are your thoughts impressions on season six and, and as it relates to this episode how do you feel about the purgatory storyline like are you ready to crack open the door i'm I, you know what's weird because if i didn't know what i originally felt about season seven if i didn't know that there'd be excitement it's a mixed mat feeling just because i don't know you know again but again i had that same feeling as you did with season six so yeah as we're looking at this, I feel like a lot has happened in this season. I'm, I mean, I'm on the record. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I wish Soul of Sam was longer, longer storyline. That won't change. All that said, we've got some great episodes. And even this one, which is an 8.5, by the way, solid, solid score. It aired on May 20th, 2011. And John F. Showalter's back in the director's chair on this one. We're talking the... 21st episode of this season second to last episode and we're getting more information about purgatory i mean they are really setting this up this is a tale of two seasons there are really two big arcs in season six and we're wrapping up one to kick off purgatory season and that's really the best way to describe though i guess it's not fair to call it purgatory season because purgatory is going to play a major role really the next two seasons if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. yeah. so uh, there's going to be a lot that that goes on here um, but purgatory storyline is starting and it's a logical storyline. I think that's the big thing that I was thinking about is, I mean, we covered heaven. We know about hell purgatory in the, in the Christian faith is a very, you know, real discussion and real topic point. So at some point you had to hit purgatory, right? So I I'm very interested in revisiting it uh, for that reason. But in this one, Dan, I got to tell you, this is a heartbreaker because in this one, a demon kidnaps Ben and Lisa to get to him. And the brothers have to join forces with an unlikely likely ally to free them. And we're talking Ben and Lisa, which is a debated storyline by many. And I feel like that's something we'll talk about in our recap episode for sure. I, I think that'll did Ben and Lisa work. Did it not work? I think that's a question where we've got to prepare for. Yeah, we covered the worst episode of the season, Chris, not too long ago, three or four weeks ago, from what I can uh, remember, in which Dean goes to Ben's house because Ben called him and pretended something was wrong, right? And they had like a really useless, pointless talk. 
uh, as a family. I, I hated that episode. And again, we're going to cover the our favorites, our least favorites in our recap the week after the finale. So in just a couple of weeks here, Chris, you and I will be breaking all of that down. This episode with Ben and Lisa, it's the last episode of Ben and Lisa. And if, if I were in charge of the show, Chris, I would have erased the last episode they were in and saved their appearances for this one. Because like you said, it's an emotional episode. It's a it's a it's a heartbreaker in the sense that they don't die, right? But it's it's Dean having to make a decision that he doesn't want to make. Uh, and so I really feel for for Dean in that moment. But I I only appreciate Ben and Lisa when it's coming from Dean's point of view. Like I, them as characters, Chris and I. Maybe I'm one of the few. I hate the Ben and Lisa storyline. I really do because I I debate with people on Reddit all the time, Chris. Oh, well, Dean, he loved Lisa and Ben. He loved living that apple pie, white picket fence life. My opinion is that he did not. I think there is so much evidence to show that, no, he didn't actually want it. He, he did it because Sam made him promise that he would do it. And the second he could get out of there, he did. I digress, Chris. The point I'm trying to make here is that I think this episode is strong in that we get to see Dean's emotions come out. Finally, finally, we get to like really understand what Lisa and Ben meant to Dean. And it's kind of a selfish decision in this episode, Chris, we'll get to that because it is the finale of the plot in this one. But yeah, for me, what I remember about this is that we say goodbye to Lisa and Ben. And I think that's for the better, Chris. I, I know people are going to chime off in the comments that I'm wrong. Ben and Lisa were great. That's okay. Everyone, ha- it's the show is subjective, but that's that's my opinion. I'm glad they're gone. Well, speaking of gone, the copy of Moshe Campbell's journal is gone from Bobby's house. Uh, and uh, that had notes about H.P. Lovecraft, who you may have heard of. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft is... Uh, pretty important to Cthulhu mythology. Uh, He's an author well-known in the space, a very famous one. And uh, why is this important? Well, it turns out that he was fascinating with the concept of opening doors to other dimensions, say purgatory. So ultimately, that's kind of important that that's gone. There's really two stories in this. It's about the door to purgatory and H.P. Lovecraft. And you've got the Ben and Lisa story. Those are the two stories happening in this. You talk about wrapping up the season. They are wrapping up the season and making the finale about purgatory and opening that door. That's what this is all leading to. Now, it's really fascinating here, too, because Dean is going to once again get a call from Ben. But apparently men had broken into the house. They killed Matt, Lisa's boyfriend. And ultimately, Crowley is responsible. And he says, you got to stop or I'm going to kill Lisa and Ben. Now, you've now got the debate of, is Castiel in on this? Does Castiel know? I mean, we think Castiel stole this thing. And ultimately, you know, when it comes down to it, no, this is not, Cass is not cool with this. Cass has said no over and over. Cass is not happy with this. But there's only so much he can do. And this is where the breakdown really starts to show more than ever. We started to see it last episode. It's getting worse. Um, And of course, what, what I think is great here is they end up summing Balthasar. Like out of everybody, Balthasar has been one of the gems of this season for me because I love that character. I do too. He's, I mean, he's the second strongest 
ally the boys have. And, and Dean usually would call Cass, right? But as we established in the last episode, Dean can't trust Cass anymore. And that hurts. So they have to go to Balthazar. They don't trust Balthazar, but they have, again, no other options. So they ask him for help. And more importantly than that, they say, hey, your buddy Cass, do you know that he's in cahoots with Crowley? And he, he pretends to know Chris, but you, like Sam calls him out. He's like, oh, you didn't know that. That's interesting. Like we thought Castiel was your buddy. Like maybe you should confront him about that. And he does. And they have that conversation. And I teased this last week, Chris. But Balthazar says, you know, kind of ballsy of you to willingly absorb 50,000 souls. If you go through with this plan to take all the souls from purgatory, you could explode. And more than that, you could take half the planet with you. And Castiel hasn't made this public as of yet. You get the idea that he knows this, Chris, because he doesn't seem surprised by this information. Instead, he goes, yeah, that's the risk I'm willing to take. Like, are you on my team or not? And Balthasar says he is. But later on, he's going to suggest to the boys that he play a double agent and he's going to take them to Crowley. And... uh yeah, the whole Balthazar-Castiel relationship kind of takes a turn in this one, Chris, which I love because, it, you know, so far they've been buddies, but it tells us that Castiel is really kind of off his rocker. If Balthazar is willing to double-cross Castiel, you know something's wrong, right? You know Castiel yeah. has made a really bad choice. Yeah, and 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 that's, again, we're, we're kind of hitting on one of the two plots in this. So if you're watching the episode, yes, it jumps around a little bit. But the fact that he's going to be a double agent, he's also helped some find Ben and Lisa, but there's angel proofing on the place. So we'll, we'll end the episode talking a little bit about Ben and Lisa, I think it's fair to say. But the fact is, you can't just get in there um, as an angel. The, the boys are going to be the ones who have to do this. More so Dean, because it's Dean and it's Ben and Lisa. And to your point, the Ben and Lisa story is best when Dean's at the heart of it. Sam's, it's all, like, yeah, it's Sam and it's kind of like, okay, whatever. Like yeah. if Sam wouldn't save them, it wouldn't be very meaningful whatsoever. So, uh, you know, if that's we'll get to the end result of that um, in a bit. But let's jump a little bit over to Bobby as well, because he's learning about HP uh, Lovecraft uh, and from a fan named Judah, who confirms him a Castiel visit this week as well. It's an old man. It's an old man, right? He's visiting essentially. And he, he talks about this party he attended. He's the, he was the last person alive, I believe, who attended this party that Lovecraft held. And they attempted to open a door to another dimension. All who were involved died or went missing within a year. And he learns from the maid's son, I, I should say, uh, that they believed nothing came out of the portal. But they were wrong. Hmm. And he ends up showing them a picture. We've met this person. It's uh, our friendly neighborhood dragon expert. Mm. And so that introduction was not just a random thing. Oh, it's a random track. No, there's experience there. We're talking a monster from purgatory who's been living on this world. And that's Eleanor. And I, I like that they connect back more to her in this episode because I really did like the character. But it also felt weird that you had this person who was so in the, the space and just kind of out of nowhere. Uh, you know, I thought she was fun and it's great that quirky people like that were out there, but to have her from purgatory, oh, kind of makes sense why she's so in the world because she knows it. She knows more than probably most people. So fascinating discovery. And, and Bobby's going to ultimately have to go confront her and find out what's up. 
Yeah, we, we talk about one-off characters, Chris. We talk about uh, the Fates, right? You remember them? Uh, there was one of the sisters of the Fates. And we talked about how, you know, her character would have been cool if they brought her back for a good reason. Eleanor, when she first shows up, yeah, kind of a one-off, a friend of Bobby's that has a sword. Okay, great. Now that they connect her back to actually being a monster from Purgatory, who it's revealed that Bobby actually dated and slept with. I mean, I laughed out loud when Bobby spit that line out. They were together. Bobby had relations with a monster from Purgatory. I mean, when you say it out loud like that, it's quite funny. So, you know, you can throw him in the list there. Uh, Sam with the demon, Dean with the angel, and now Bobby, a monster from Purgatory, uh, the trifecta, right, Chris? Uh, but yeah, Eleanor, I mean, I, I really enjoyed her first appearance. I think she's great. I think she's got a real presence to her. I appreciate the fact that she's a woman. We don't get a lot of like woman monsters and she's a powerful monster, Chris, to be from purgatory. Like she is, she is something that the boys have never encountered. You know, she's not an angel or a demon. She is something otherworldly. Um, and she does confess that she is from purgatory to Bobby, but she denies that she killed Lovecraft. And she tells him that, look, you're lucky that it was me who fell through that door because there are some really nasty monsters in purgatory and I've been trying to keep this door closed for the last 75 years, which is that's why I'm my favorite part in the first place. Yeah, that's my favorite part. It's not that just she came from Burkatory, but she has a purpose because she wanted to kill the dragon, all these other things, because she is trying to protect this world from Purgatory. Right. And to me, that is great. And she she basically, you know, essentially says that I can't give you the information about this and i don't need your protection and it's it's a character a strong female character that uh, i'm i'm glad to see as well because we very often don't get get them well written mm -hmm. and we've said this before i'll say this till the end of the show because we'll see plenty of examples of it but i love this and i love the fact that she has a needed protection she's doing her job in 75 years she's kept the door shut uh, and she she understands that who Castiel is and she knows what's happening. So she's doing what she can. She's doing her best, but she's not going to help anyone open that door. She doesn't want that information public to a single person because it's dangerous information as far as she's concerned. She does, again, also, as you said, deny killing H.P. Lovecraft. So we don't really who's to say she was great when was was great when she came out. Maybe she did really kill all those people and doesn't want to own it. Mm. Who's to trust at this point? Kind of hard, right? Right. Yeah. But she she de declines Bobby's help. She says, listen, I got it. I will keep the door closed. Don't you worry about it because I've, I've been doing it the last 75 years. Like you're a human. I'm from this place. I will guard the door. Don't worry about me. I won't worry about Castiel. She was yeah. wrong, though, Chris, to, to close this this thread, because we're going to get to Lisa in bed now. The episode ends and it's Castiel showing up at her house. Yikes. We'll yeah. cover what happens in the next episode, but it's not good, Chris. She, you know, and what what could Bobby have done for her? Maybe some angel sigils, right? Like maybe they had a couple tri uh, tricks up their sleeve to help her. But uh, yeah, it's it's not going to go well for her in the next episode. No, but let's jump back to the Bobby Ben thing. Uh, Bobby, not Bobby Ben, Lisa Ben thing. Uh, Castiel upset with Crowley, as you can imagine. Crowley don't care. And I love evil Crowley. I know he becomes yeah. a buddy, 
but we're in evil Crowley mode and evil Crowley is such a good villain. Mm. Um, some of the best villains we've talked about this b- before uh, can play both sides. Lucifer can do it. Uh, yeah. Crowley can do it. You go into Marvel. Loki does it better than anyone. And sure. I won't spoil the Loki season two, but watch it. Holy crap. Um, point is some of the best villains do this. So right now we've got prime villain Crowley and I dig it. Um, and especially in a season when they're really you keep jumping around from villains in a lot of ways, Crowley has been a vi- the villain the entire season just yeah. because he's been the only one who's actually been doing bad things the entire time. Um, Cause we don't even Eve. He's even fighting Eve. I mean, let's put that in context, but ultimately we went over the fact that Balthazar is going to be a double agent. We know where they are. And ultimately Ben goes in to save uh, Lisa not Ben goes in to save Lisa. Dean goes in to save Ben and Lisa. And what I love is you hear the noise outside. Like you hear the fighting. Ben and Lisa are kind of looking up and then Dean's knocked these people out. He's knocked yeah. out these angels, uh, demons who are, see, I, I don't know angels and demons anymore, man. Um, but I love the fact that he knocks out these demons and he gets in and then Ben is able to protect Lisa. And this is the one thing I just want to say is mm. Ben's able to be there and protect Lisa as they're trying to leave this place. And I do love that. I do love that. I don't know that that memory is going to be there when we get to the end of this or like what he takes away. Sure. But that was going back to the early episode when he teaches him to use a gun Mm -hmm. and he ends up saving, you know, being able to take someone out. And I just think that is a perfect callback. And whether I love this arc or not, and I didn't hate this arc, but whether I love this arc or not, I love that. I love that something Dean taught him comes into play and ultimately helps them escape. They do have to take Lisa to the hospital, Dan, though. And this is where heartbreak happens because Dean realizes what his relationship with them means. And he can't have it be that way anymore. He he can't be responsible for them. And he realizes that. And it shows why his relationship with her ultimately would never work because he is ultimately Dean the hunter. Whether he loved her or not, I I need to think more too. And I think he did love her. I think he did care. Picket, picket fence life, debatable, but he loved her. I think he cared about her. What that love was, I still will argue with anyone. He, he would have loved Joe more, but that's, that's a whole nother episode in itself. So, uh, in the hospital, though, Castiel does something for Dean, uh, and it's heartbreaking. And I do remember this. I do remember this scene, even though I don't didn't remember this episode nearly as much. I did remember the scene. I just couldn't have told you which episode it was. Yeah, yeah. I I knew it was the tail end of, of season six, and he wipes their memory. Right. He he wipes Lisa's memory and Ben's memory, and they don't remember Dean anymore. And I've seen on Reddit, Chris, which if you're not on Reddit, uh, you should consider signing up. It's a great place to talk about this show in particular. Uh, we're starting threads over there, commenting on threads, just trying to have fun conversations with the rest of the fandom. And there was one thread, Chris, uh, not too long ago. And the question was, okay, so Castiel wipes Lisa and Ben's memory. That doesn't protect them from monsters or demons, nope. though. No. Like, what's to stop a monster or a demon from going after them and using them as bait again for Dean? Well, the answer is nothing. 
wiping their no. memory doesn't protect them. I'll tell you what it does do, Chris. And we have to go back to earlier in the episode. Lisa is sitting on the couch with a new boyfriend and she walks in and she brings him a beer and they're watching a baseball game. I believe it is. And she's happy. She looks happy. She has moved on from Dean completely. Dean who, right? Ben's upstairs playing Game Boy or something, doing homework. They're a happy family again. They've moved on from Dean. And that's that's a good thing. I think Dean would agree. He's happy that they've moved on, right? Dean himself has moved on. They should move on to no problem. If you don't erase their memory, Chris, what you then have is Lisa realizing that if she moves on into another relationship, she could end up stabbed and her son could be in danger once again, right? So by wiping their memory, you're allowing them the freedom to move on once again. Whereas if you didn't wipe their memory, they have to go the rest of their lives worrying that they would be attacked. Right. But there, but you'd never be able to protect them to your point. You could not, you can't protect them. Right. It's impossible. But if the knowledge is out that they don't even remember him, they're no longer, they may not be a target. I don't know. But in the long run here, look, I, it, it's, it's a fair point. This doesn't protect them, but at least lets them move on and live some sort of life. Exactly. Or whatever happens or could happen occurs. So yeah. Ignorance uh, is bliss, right? That's yeah. what they say. And I think that's, that's really at the heart of, of why Castiel did what he did, or rather why Dean did what he did. And, and Chris, I wanted to point out that Dean creates this narrative uh, of a car crash, right? And that's why Lisa is in the hospital and he's apologizing to them as if he were apologizing for a car crash. But really what Dean is saying for himself is that he's sorry for interfering with their lives, not interfering, Chris, but he made a mess in their lives. Right. By yep. being in their lives, he brought the mess to them. And yeah, sure. I, I do think he had uh, feelings for Lisa, certainly loved her at some point, but that life wasn't for him. And so he's apologizing for making that mistake. And it's a really heartfelt apology. And of course, they have no idea what it means. They can only assume that this guy is apologizing for hitting them with their car. But what is a car crash? Right. A car crash is, is really sudden. It's messy. It's high impact. It's accidental in most cases. I just think it was a really beautiful analogy. And Dean's monologue about this at the end was, was really striking. You can tell that he was releasing the guilt he had about Lisa and Ben that has been driving him this whole season. I don't think Dean had feelings for Lisa and Ben this season, at least like, you know, halfway on once he's moved out, Chris. But he certainly had guilt towards them and about them, right? This episode was him finally letting go of that guilt to say, I need to move on. You guys have already moved on. This is me releasing those feelings. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, what can we say about Lisa and Ben? Obviously, Chris, it's not my favorite storyline. I, I think it just, I think it's too convoluted. I think a lot of fans, uh, I think a lot of fans confuse it for something else, Chris. I don't think the writing was clear enough to indicate like what each character truly got out of the relationship, but nonetheless, it was fun to see Dean live uh, a domestic life for a few episodes. Let's move on though to some uh, fun references in this episode. And let's talk about HB Lovecraft uh, for a little bit if we can, Chris, because like you said, I I'm, I'm not sure a lot of people know who that is. Certainly you and I do, but is his, is his literature still relevant to this new generation? I'm not quite sure. Well, let, let me tell you one thing, uh, because 
for many of you may know, I'm it, I'm very active in the board game space. Cthulhu games are everywhere. Just to, thematically, the Cthulhu is around. The, I I think he's. I think it's still incredibly relevant. So Howard Philip Lovecraft was born August 20th, 1890. He's best known for short novels and stories of weird fiction, which is one of the 20th century masters of gothic tales of terror and its inspiration for like Stephen King. Uh, his Cthulhu Mythos series describes these ordinary New Englanders encounters with horrors of this extraterrestrial origin, um, similar to something that might come at monster out of purgatory. Now, it's he's a person who, if you if you ask about him in a library, oh, there's plenty. You're gonna find plenty from him, uh, yeah. and a, a very dark. You know, a lot of his work, I, I think it's fair to say, very dark, just because you've got these pretty horrifying creatures. Um, Ben's actually seen, by the way, reading Cthulhu Tales, comic book stories uh, in this uh, episode. And then when Bobby is also leaving Judas, you see a video game series, Cthulhu Saves the World, being played. So a lot of Cthulhu references. I tell people to look up Cthulhu. It's a really fascinating world. It's not my thing, I'm going to be honest, but a lot of people love that world. So he's someone people should know. And then, by the way, Rolling Stones uh, uh, wrote a song that is the title of this show. So I've uh, titled this episode, I should say, of this show. So let it bleed. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, anytime that you uh, look this season too, I feel like the references have been on fire for titles of episodes. I feel like they've done a great job with it. Oh yeah. The the detail work has been uh, fantastic. Uh, last thing here, Chris, uh, you know, Crowley has like some really funny nicknames for Sam. And I think we should compile a list. Moose obviously is like the most famous and maybe even yeah. the most used. Uh, but in the episode, he says, don't worry, I won't hurt them, provided you and Jolly Green stand down. Now, Crowley's referring to the Jolly Green Giant, who is uh, sort of the mascot, uh, I would say. Uh, he's on a lot of packaging for food, uh, like canned vegetables and such. Uh, so it's it's just really funny that Crowley uh, would call Sam the Jolly Green Giant because Sam is is just, you know, one giant tree of a man. So add that to the list. Chris. <laughs> let's let's compile a list of all the nicknames. That might be my favorite so far. Yeah, and Moose has got to be the most common. Uh, last appearance, by the way, of Lisa and Ben. You will not see them again. You will not. But maybe we'll. I don't know if we hear about them again. I. I but he basically says, "Don't ever talk to me about Lisa and Ben." Yeah. And he basically says, "I don't want to ever hear about." It. So I'm Amen. pretty sure that's it. Um, and and it's interesting again. What happens to them? Who knows? We don't know. And I will say enough to say that I'm not too concerned. Um, I liked I liked Ben more than I liked uh, Lisa from a character perspective mm. um, because Ben had some of that definitely felt like a little Dean at times. But um, yeah. I, I want to believe that I actually will say I want to believe that Ben is protecting his mom because he feels like it feels like he's still going to have that skill sets because he's just not remembering Dean. Right. doesn't mean he doesn't remember the skills that he taught him. So I would like to think that Ben is good. And, you know, I would have been fascinated if they did want to revisit this. I'm just going to say, if in the later seasons, you later learn that Ben somehow entered the hunter life or something oh. like you brought back. Like if something like that happened, it would have been a moment. And it would have made me maybe care a little bit more to be like, you really can't escape this life when someone starts you in it. Yeah. Even when they even when they take your memory away, I'm not suggesting it would have been a good story or well written. I'm simply saying that would have been interesting 
I'm not trying to say it would have been good because not all ideas that have are interesting are good ideas. So I will leave it at that. Uh, but that is it. We are coming up on the finale next week. Then we're wrapping up uh, the season in a recap the week after. And then we jump right into season seven. It is the start, the real core start of Purgatory Seasons. Uh, and in particular, this one will be big. We've got uh, arguably by most accounts, if you look at any list, the worst season of Supernatural coming up, which... I, which I am strangely excited to tackle and see if I really feel that way anymore because season six has surprised me. So I look forward to it. I look forward to covering it with you. And uh, on that note, Dan, I will say that is it for this week. But, you know, we will be back because after all, we've got work to do. <laughs>